Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast reminds you it's hip to be square. Today, we make a sacred pact. We promise Karate Kid talk, and you promise Karate Kid listen. So wax on, wax off, get him a body bag, and sweep the leg, Normies, because we're talking the Karate Kid film series on a host choice episode of Normies Like Us. Take karate, that's it. It works on, wax off. Your fear make your stink. Cobra Kai never dies. Fighting position. Hey, 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 complication hey, Welcome back to Normies Like Us, as you heard up top. We're in the dojo. For a very special episode, that's right, we're talking Karate Kid, hi-ya, here on Normies Like Us uh, with your special host. I'm just going to be Colin, but it's Colin Miyagi, owner of Miyagi Little Tree Shop. <laughs> I like that. I guess that means I'll be uh, Mike Barnes, Karate's bad boy. <laughs> Karate's bad boy, and guess what? It's the Mongoose. I'm back, Ooh. a.k.a. the Cobra Killer, a.k.a. Karate's Annoying Little Nerdy Kid. Yeah, let's go. So last week, you know, Jacob and I, sorry, Mongoose and I uh, talked Cobra Kai, the Netflix series. And then we were like, you know what, let's go back and revisit the original films. And we have Colin open up Colin's little trees. And we're uh, we're ready to talk it. Yeah, Colin Miyagi. So thanks for joining us on the uh, to complete the set of the Karate Kid Miyagi verse, as it's called now. I'm excited. We're doing a Mike's choice here. Uh, Normies, this is Mm -hmm. our month where we're kind of going along. We're we're preempting March Madness because we're getting some really cool content in March that we want to make sure to bring you at the moment it's coming out. And in that meantime, we're moving ahead with our host choice. Mike's doing Karate Kid. Last week we were talking Mm -hmm. Cobra Kai because it's super relevant, obviously, the Netflix show. I hadn't seen that. Listened to the episode. Loved hearing you two talk about it. Loved hearing about the mongoose. Uh, and and <laughs> I, I, I've, I've yeah. got to say, after watching all these movies in a row, I will be starting Cobra Kai the minute this gotta, is done. You gotta. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, it's really great. It's a great tie-in. And uh, yeah, as I said, we're going to be talking kind of what they call the Cobra Kai creators the Miyagi-verse. And that's anything Karate Kids 1, 2, 3, and the next Karate Kid uh, with Hilary Swank is canon, uh, Jaden Smith is not, and the animated series is not. So those are the um, films that really count towards Cobra Kai. But yes, Jacob. Yeah, first of all, I didn't know there was an animated series. That's great. Um, <laughs> and I love that there's now a connected universe of the Miyagi-verse. That's very interesting. Um, <laughs> yes. I uh, So one thing I want to say, so March Madness, right, which we did last year, where every week one of the hosts picks the topic. This year we're going to do that in February, right? So what should we call that, like fanatical February? Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Fan February, because I'm a big fan of Karate Kids. And also the second movie features a fan, so I think we're (laughs) all good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. So um, Karate Kid, very psyched. I watched all uh, one through three over the weekend, I did not watch the Hillary Swank, the next Karate Kid, but I'm probably going to now. I just didn't have enough time before we did this recording. Okay, okay. Um, Colin, I got to complete you? the Miyagi verse by watching that. Awesome. Exactly the same as Jacob. I did one, I did two. I literally, fresh, just like you, Jacob, came off just watching three right literally. as we're about to record this. Jacob, had you ever seen all three of these before? Okay, well, this is what's crazy, because I'd, I'd seen the first one, but I didn't remember that much about it, but I do remember 
certain things. The mm-hmm. second and third, I didn't think I see I had, had seen before, but then when I was watching the third one, I realized, you know what? I have seen at least parts of this really? movie. I think it came on TV when I was a kid, and I started watching specifically the scene where Daniel has to go rock climbing to get the uh, yes. bonsai tree. I literally, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so come on TV. I started watching that scene and I was like, wait, I thought this was about karate. Why are trees such a big part of this movie? Uh, Very confused. Take, take, and then I remember seeing where Mike Barnes, the bad boy of karate breaks the tree. And I was Make like, a what wish. the fuck is this movie? <laughs> yeah. But as a kid, I was just like, where's the karate? <laughs> Jacob, if oh, I that's could the thing with these. Yeah. look through a magazine and just find a picture that says the bad boy of karate, I, I would just die in heaven here. <laughs> Let me give my history real quick. Cause Mike, I know this is yours and I want to hear all about your love of it. But I... So, Karate Kid to me, there are movies that I would call like Collins movies, which were, you know, my parents were divorced. In the time that we were growing up, movies were important. Having a movie library was important, right? Like, my dad would be like, you want to hang out with us? I've got all these DVDs. My mom, to counter that, would do the $3 DVD, you know, barrel that you would just like rifle to the bottom of at Walmart. And it would Mm -hmm. always be needless sequels so karate kid part two was my karate kid i watched that one over and over Uh, major league two like every bad movie like that those are (laughs) collins movies truly they're absolutely terrible now mike when you were setting this up this episode and kept texting us well we'll talk one through three those are super available they're on imdb tv they're easy to watch on amazon for free Mm -hmm. or you know you don't even have to worry about like the other one like the hillary swank or or, you know the other one i thought well how many is he saying so wait there's one there's two and then yeah i've seen the third one that's the hillary swank one no 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 my friends Mm -hmm. just learned today that part three exists watched it for the first time this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I am it's ready really, to yeah, die on that it. hill, guys. <laughs> we'll we'll tease that before we dive in on it. But yeah, like uh, the third one, it's special. I, you know what I mean? The first one is definitely the most proper film. The second one has a lot of good character stuff. But the third one, it is, it is its own very, very special thing. And I think uh, the tone of it lends itself to the Cobra Kai show more than any of the others, wow. actually. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I think uh, first one I really enjoyed. I thought it was like really, really just a great movie. Second one, kind of a weird like spinoff where they go to Japan. So I thought that was pretty good. I was a little bored at points because it's a little bit slow and in the middle. But uh, the third mm-hmm. one felt more like a direct sequel to the first one in a way. But it was also just insane and um, very, <laughs> but very fun to watch. So I'm excited to talk about that for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I, I like we finished Cobra Kai, and I'm like, I just love the Karate Kid universe. As Colin said, I've been really big on it. I mean, you know, I had a bonsai tree, wow. and you know, I grew up with these movies, oh, and yeah. uh, I am excited to get into it. And must be noted, Hillary Swank's the next Karate Kid. Maybe we'll mention that on the wrap up. It's not great. Uh, that's the all I'll say. But it does count for the Miyagi verse so there's a chance that she can show up at any time in future i remember one moment mike literally burned into my head maybe that wasn't on tv like jacob catching the third one is just her jumping over a car that's about to hit her miyagi seeing that and going like oh like he knows that she's gonna be a great student (laughs) you got karate yeah and then she used that knowledge to later become a boxer (laughs) uh, so that's great for her 
Um, yeah, he found it easier to work with her um, because boys don't cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but anyway. I have not seen that one, but I was looking just at the Wikipedia uh, plot synopsis of it. And at one point I saw there's a credit for the voice of her pet hawk. So is there a part where she talks <laughs> I don't to her remember pet hawk that and at talks all. back to her? She, she, it doesn't speak in English. Someone might have made a hawk noise. Uh, um, but she has she, she nurses a hawk back to health in that one. Wow. And maybe that's a nod to the character Hawk. I mean, geez. It, it maybe it is already be. connected to Cobra Kai. Um, well, I do want to say One also, thing, Colin. Okay, I'll go ahead. Um, speak- oh, well, the reason you may... <laughs> I'll fight you, dude. Colin, the reason you may have thought that that was the third movie is because you could never buy it by itself. It was always the other side of the DVD for Karate Kid 3. Wow. So you might have just put it in upside down and just watched the Karate Kid 4 yeah. every time. <laughs> yeah. Um, with the third one, speaking of Cobra Kai, uh, after seeing that movie, I'm super excited because they foreshadowed Terry Silver being in the next season of Cobra Kai. I, so I'm like dying to see that. Guys, I don't even want to get into it yet, but just I'm going to try to not make this entire episode me just going, well, but like this on Cobra Kai, you guys were saying this or this and this. Mike's constant oh, sure. saying of like, well, you know, all the Vietnam flashbacks with Terry Silver, like all that stuff is setting up. Hearing that name over and over and not knowing that the third one existed and just going like, <laughs> man, I just, I do not remember any of that stuff. And then to see it play out today, I just can't even describe right. to you how, I just, well, I love it so much. Your main point yeah. of like reference for Cobra Kai, having not seen it, but listened to the episode we did last week. So you just know of Cobra Kai from hearing about us talk about it. So you're probably like really confused. Well, the character of Miguel, when you the man. especially, I'm like, who is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, you'll get there. But in the meantime, let's get to where we're going. Let's jump into it then, because we're really excited, obviously, guys. Let's go ahead and start by talking the original, the 1984, The Karate Kid. Coming up next. All right, we're going to say it once, we're going to say it twice. Wax on, wax off. Welcome back to Normies Like Us. We are talking Karate Kid. Talking the first one. Mike, uh, give us a little history. This is a fucking amazing film that, in my opinion, should be shown in history classes. It's so emotional important to the times. But uh, give us some history on the director. Also did Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Um, so John G. Avelston did Rocky, won an Academy Award for Best Directing for it. Uh, then he did uh, also the Karate Kid films one through three, which will be our focus. And he was nominated for a Razzie for Karate Kid three and followed that up the next year with a Razzie for Rocky five. Oh, so back to back Razzies nice. on those entries. But so he, I think uh, time has been much kinder on Karate Kid three. We'll get there later. He did Rocky one and Rocky five. That's so like random because he did like the first Rocky, which is like a super like, you know, that was nominated for an Oscar. And then American classic. Yeah. And yeah. then Rocky five, which was like the, um, you know, after like Rocky, it, had just jumped the shark so hard like rocky five was the, the big considered the, the worst moment. rocky yeah it still definitely probably is with the street fight yeah. but uh interestingly enough karate kid obviously as a sports movie pretty much is rocky in high school you know um and that's kind of the template even the song you're the best around was a rejected song for rocky mm. 
Um, so it's got an interesting pedigree. And uh, screenwriter Robert Mark Kamen, he actually grew up getting bullied and went to take karate. And the teacher was like a huge asshole. And then he went to another teacher who was from Okinawa, who was like a better karate instructor. So it was slightly based on that and a newspaper article about this black belt um, who was raised by a single mother who like won, you know, some money for the family. So he kind of combined those things to make the Karate Kid. And he also wrote the first three movies, which the main ones we care about, and helped co-create things like the professional transporter taken in the fifth element. He did a lot of work with Luc Besson. So. Robert Mark Kamen, man, karate man, um, and uh, created some of the most, uh, you know, speaking of steampunk, we were talking about that, Fifth Element. Doug, I'm always talking about inventing a thing, though. How about inventing the training montage? I mean, come on, that is what Rocky and Karate Kid do. That is literally like something that is injected in pop culture where people go, oh, yeah, you should see people progressively get better at things through editing. Right. Star Wars could have learned, if only. But, um... Yeah, so this is the first Karate Kid. Obviously, everyone knows Wax On, Wax Off, and Mr. Miyagi, famously, Daniel-san. And actually, prior to this, a couple days before recording, there was a documentary that came out called More Than Miyagi. I I saw that. It was a documentary about Pat Morita's life, and it was very, very interesting. Well, I didn't watch the movie, but I saw that there was a documentary because I was doing some research on Pat Morita as well because I was like super interested in him after seeing the Karate Kid. So I was like, I want to learn more about this guy. And, uh, yeah, there's this new movie that's like coming out like this month, basically, or it's out already. already, It came out, it's out and I watched it and it it was some good insights into, into this and we'll get to that later. But, um, based on the fact that, you know, Cobra Kai follows Daniel later and all of the characters that are able to return have returned in that show. Miyagi, sadly, Pat Morita is not able to return to the Cobra Kai shows he has passed on. And these movies are really the Miyagi movies now when I watch them in hindsight. Yeah. One quick Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai question, guys. Um, mm-hmm. I loved all these Star Wars talk and comparisons, of course. Absolutely insane. Only on Normies Like Us will you get that. Right. When you say <laughs> that Miyagi is looming, what is it? Is there like a picture of him that is up that like Daniel will, like look yeah. at and be like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And just like Daniel talking about him constantly and be like, oh, well, Mr. Miyagi would have done this. Uh, and like he's just kind of like he's like the Jedi Force ghost that's overlooking Dan, adult Daniel at like all times. Basically, he's Yoda. He's yeah. he's the human Yoda, straight up. I mean, that's I mean, totally. And like and he's um in especially in the first movie, like he's a lot like Yoda, and he's just so he's just such a wise old man. Like he just seems like he has so much wisdom about the world inside of him. Mm-hmm. I will step on this landmine real quick. Yeah, cancel me. You know, I'm. This is an apology. Is I guess just what I'm putting up front. I will probably do a Mr. Miyagi impression in this episode. <laughs> now, what's interesting about that is, is it is a character. It is Yoda esque, like you guys said. Mm-hmm. Pat Morita, a, a stand-up comedian from San Francisco, California, he's doing a voice. That is a character that he is being. He sounds more like I do right now, talking, than he does Mr. Miyagi. But it's one of the best voices mm-hmm. of all time, and you just want to sound like him. Right. Well, actually, he. Um, I read about this too. He patterned his accent off of his father, who was a, a wow. Japanese immigrant. So um, that's actually how you know that generation of of immigrants talked. So he kind of modeled it off after that. So pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, there's a lot to do with the Miyagi character, not just based on Pat Morita's life and the way the character is written, because Robert Mark Kamen had a history with you know his 
Sensei was from Okinawa and didn't speak perfect English either. You know, he's kind of been around it and he has a little bit of experience. Um, and it lends a lot of credibility to the character. Um, and when we get to kind of the important scene, I'll go more in depth on that. But for now, we know that Miyagi is the trainer. Interestingly, this is a fact that I'm going to run through all these movies. He has three different first names, <laughs> uh, according to these movies. Uh, in this movie, he gives Daniel a car. And on the dog tags from World War II, he is known as uh, Hideo Miyagi. And that was not on Wikipedia, so I added it, and it is, it's still there. So <laughs> hey, I fixed good the Miyagi work, Mike. entry. Good uh, job. You're welcome. Wikipedia. Thank you, thank you. So when we get to Karate Kid 2, you'll learn what his name changes to. But for now, Hideo Miyagi is a training Daniel kid from New Jersey who hates it. I mean, what do we think about this movie? We all kind of know he gets bullied by the Cobra Kai, Johnny Lawrence, and in the end somehow uh, attains ultimate victory yeah. through chores. I mean, this is just, as, as a standalone film, I think it's like a classic movie. Classic 80s movie, classic sports movie. Like, it's just great. And... uh you know, so much of the, so many of the scenes that I had forgotten about kind of came back to me as I was watching it. So it really stuck with me from when I saw it as a kid and uh, I just really enjoyed mm -hmm. it. Um, yeah, it's great. Any, anything stand out to you, Colin? Like you know, anything that really caught your attention on this rewatch that you didn't really Again, think about it's before? just so hard for me to even imagine Cobra Kai where Pat Morita does not exist because as Jacob Shock last week learning that he was up for Best Supporting Actor, you watch it as a kid... And you're like, yeah, Daniel LaRusso, I could be an outsider, blah, blah, blah. Everybody could, but he could relate to that. You watch as an adult, and you understand what it means for a supporting character to be in a movie and just completely sweep up the rest of the film with how uniquely they're written. Uh, their story is so riveting. Um, every scene, the performance is just amazing. Yeah, the big stuff. Obviously, the bonsai. Uh, giving Daniel the car, just truly like being the father that he needs. But beyond that, to to write a film that so literally talks about balance, you know, the theme of the movie is balance, Mike. Daniel must find balance. It's his life is in turmoil. Even at the end when he can take the easy way out, you know, and he's hurt and he's begging Mr. Miyagi to fix him. I wouldn't be able to go on if I didn't have balance, if I couldn't get things back and going. It's just... There there are films that don't have themes anymore, and to have one where it just tells you what it is and for it to work so well still, it, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, and I mean, just even the little isms, Miyagi-isms, let's say, like, you know, first learn walk, then learn fly, you know, it's nature rule, not Miyagi rule. Like, I, it's not my rule, it's the law of nature. You got to take baby steps, like little stuff like that, but even the Star Wars connection of... The dark side is like through my power I am freed. Like they use Cobra Kai uses strength as a way to assert their freedom or dominance, right? And then Miyagi Do is very light side and about balance and tranquility. It's it's like it's timeless themes here. Yeah, you know, and it's it's. Great. I mean, it's hard not to make Star Wars comparisons because it really is like the lark, the light side and the dark side. Um, but you're right. Kreese is the emperor, maybe, yeah. perhaps. It's one of the parallels. And Johnny is Vader. Right. And even... Because in the end, he does see a monster in the eyes of John Kreese. When he says, sweep the leg, you see Johnny realize, who, who am I looking at, right? What, is, what have totally. I been believing, right? Totally. And I think that's really um, interesting, um, and especially with how it relates to, you know, Cobra Kai and, you know, seeing the character of Johnny Lawrence come back and John Kreese come back and their relationship. 
Yeah, and I do find it interesting that, you know, early on we see that Daniel can be impatient and impulsive, you know, right right when he gets there, he's giving his mom a hard time about, well, fuck California, you know, this shit's stupid, you know, right, it's like, which, kind of a little, a little brat, and that's how he's portrayed in the, in the Cobra Well, Kai. yeah, that was my first thought watching the first movie, I was like, Daniel Russo must be the only person in the world who would be unhappy about moving to Los Angeles, California, probably the greatest city in America. No offense to New Jersey. Hey. Uh, Joe's not here to defend New Jersey. Come on, yeah, he's prime Jersey trash, baby. We love him. <laughs> Kick him all he's doing. But I'm yeah. pretty sure I'd rather live in LA than, than anywhere else in America. But that's just my, you know, my opinion. Um, but second right. of all, yeah, he is kind of just being a brat at first. I mean, the first thing he does, too, when he moves is he goes to like a sweet-ass beach party where <laughs> he plays some soccer, he meets a girl that's into him, and everything's going great. I mean, yeah, he gets like beat up by some some motorbiking karate guys, but like, come on. I mean, it's mostly pretty good. Yeah, you got invited to a beach party your first day there. You know, not, not bad. No. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously then he meets Allie um, and Johnny Lawrence. With an I. Allie with an I. Right. Allie with an, with an I. Daniel with an L. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I like that. Another amazing thing about Daniel is that he can apparently just anywhere he goes, he just meets a hot girl that's immediately into him. And that's what I really respect about <laughs> yes. him the most. <laughs> that's true. That's that's something we'll, we'll talk more about. Yes, Daniel is a... He's a magnet to to the chicks, apparently, apparently. of the 80s and the early 90s. Um, what stands out for me in this film, compared to all the other ones especially, is the directing. There's a lot of one takes in this. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but the whole stupid bike scene where he throws it in the dumpster and then his mom calms him down and he says, I just want to go home. And then they walk to the apartment and then we reveal that Miyagi had heard all of that conversation mm-hmm. about what a hard time Daniel's having. And that's when he chooses to actually train him or fix the bike. You know, that's all a single take. Um, things like that are really, really nice in this. Yeah, the director, John G., that you were mentioning, I believe he has a documentary about him as well, I think called Eye of the Tiger for the for the Rocky song. Um, and I, They Makes go sense. a lot to his style about how he, yeah, just kind of moves and uses that camera, baby. It's, it's fucking fantastic. Um, it's how about it's innovative stuff? Here, yeah. like, like, Mike, I know you probably loved, how about the, the, the bathtub costume that Daniel wears and stuff? I know people make a lot out of <laughs> the, the skeleton costumes. Yeah, but the shower is so much cooler, right? I guess. I don't know why. Like, it seems kind of a weird choice to go as a shower. He's got to well, hide. I appreciate, <laughs> yeah, he wishes he was invisible. But what I appreciate the most about the shower costume is when he's discussing the Halloween party, all of the elements to that costume are hanging in the wall of Miyagi's tool shed. So, like, you see everything they use to make it. Like, oh, yeah, he would just kind of have this stuff laying around. And just little touches, like when a production designer decides to put that stuff back there on purpose. It's like, man, people used to make movies uh, and right. like, think about things so like that. And I miss it. I miss well, it. Well, you were saying yeah. the directing. I think um, it also had really good cinematography, especially the first one. And I, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Like, the same cinematographer did, at least, I think, all three of these movies. Maybe the next Karate Kid as well. But unfortunately... Uh, he passed away in the '90s uh, due to AIDS, so that's kind of oh bummer. wow. But um, oh, that's uh, yeah, but really tragic. good cinematography in this one, um, and it just like they don't they don't you're right they don't really don't make movies like this anymore, and it's just like it can be so like chill and laid back at points where it's just like you know you're just watching this kid hang out with like with his you know older man friend, <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> it's just chill. He's like doing chores, you know, learning. Wh- Wax on, wax off. 
Um, it's great. Yeah, and let's let's talk about that. The iconic, obviously, everyone knows wax on, wax off, and then we have sand the floor, paint the fence. And so imagine you're in 1986, you're going to the cinemas, and you're watching this for the first time. Like, how crazy is that reveal when Daniel's finally fed up? I've just been doing your chores. I'm sick of this shit. You're not teaching me karate. What, what the hell is this? And then he's like, Daniel-san. And then it's just like, show me all of the moves. And like, when it clicks... Up, I would have, I would have popped like I would have, I would have cheered so loud. Imagine being there like in the theater and the moment of clarity. How how cool! Oh, it's that? great, and it's got to be one of the best training scenes ever because it's just like ah, it's just classic. Um, yeah, I would. I, I forgot to mention too in the Cobra Kai episode. There's a moment where they trash the Miyagi Do dojo, and I'm thinking in my mind, "You fools! You just gave <laughs> Daniel and his crew like months of training <laughs> routines. They're going to get so much stronger this now. This is what right? we do. <laughs> this is how we get strong. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and there's a lot a of moments reveal. from Cobra Kai that I'm only now kind of picking up on. Like even when they trash the dojo and Hawk takes the. Uh, the medal. I didn't understand the significance of Miyagi's medal until I, you know, rewatched these movies. Wow. Which, yeah, I mean, what do we think of that scene? Because that is really for me where the heart and soul of Karate Kid is is in that one. Oh scene. yeah, that's a killer scene. Um, and like you know, like I said last week, he was nominated for an Oscar. I understand why because like yeah, that's some good acting. And just reading about Pat Morita and like how he kind of had to fight for this role and the, the producers didn't want to cast him originally because he was more of known as a comedic actor. He was on Happy Days and he's doing, you know, comedy. Um, so they wanted a real actor. Right. But he proved them all wrong and he just blew it out and blew it away. Yeah, I believe the thing was they saw a tape of him doing the audition and one of the casting directors like, who is that guy? It's like, that's the guy you, you said you didn't want to uh, hire. Right. And they're like, oh, shit, getting him in here. But if I can provide some background for the for the famous scene that was the Academy Award nominated scene, they wanted to cut it from the movie. Some of the producers thought it slowed down the pacing oh my too God. much. No, it's great. Um, Got it. And yeah, and so for context, this scene is a scene where Miyagi is celebrating his anniversary for his wife who had passed away while he was at war, and so. He got a Medal of Honor for the 442nd, which was the all Nisei, mostly all Nisei, you know, Japanese American fighting force in World War II who fought in Italy and France. Crazy because at the same time, the American government was putting Japanese Americans into internment camps like Manzanar. Right. And Pat Morita himself, as a child, grew up in one of those camps. So he has this connection to the real history of it. And then to portray a character who not only had his people imprisoned by the United States, but chose to go to war and won a medal for it. And while he's at war, losing his wife and unborn child. Yeah. That takes the character from a gardener with, you know, mystic overtones to a real human. And that's what's important about that scene. The vibe that you get from it, Mike, is like literally back to the balance thing that the, the whole film is talking about is you get a picture of who Miyagi is. He's a cat, you know, he's, he's driving around with the local ladies, you know, in his car. Sometimes you see him drunk, bonsai. Later times you see him very sad drunk at the anniversary, but otherwise he fixes up cars. He works in Daniel's apartment complex. But you get the idea mm -hmm. that if Daniel did not come into his life, he would not survive many more of those anniversary nights. You know what I mean? Like that well of sadness that is inside him that Pat Morita just leaks into. A guy who was a contemporary of Jay Leno's. I mean, was doing stand-up with him. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, and they didn't want to give him a shot. And um, that scene gives us 
a character. It gives us a person, you know, it gives us a soul to this person. It's otherwise a secondary character. He really steals. He's the heart of Daniel. And it's as much as we say Star Wars, it's about fathers and sons. So is this because he lost an unborn uh, child. Daniel doesn't have a father. And that's kind of where their connection lies. Totally. So I mean, just I had to say a yeah, beautiful scene. And it's crazy because it ties into kind of the real history of Pat Morita and what, you know, people went through during that time in World War II to fight for America. Yeah. And um, I, at one point, too, in my mind, I was like, man, it's weird that they did the bonsai thing because I was like, that's what the Imperial Army would do. But I found out that the 442nd used that to take um, camps from the Germans. They did a last-ditch charge and yelled bonsai, kind of taking the power back, mm-hmm. showing that they're uh, red, white, and blue bleeding Americans. You know, the 442nd did do a bonsai charge. So when he's... Telling Daniel to say it, their slogan was go for broke. So when Daniel's driving away and he's saying bonsai, he's saying go for broke. You go get Allie. Leave everything on the mat. And that was the slogan of that fighting unit. And it's like, Jesus, and you were going to cut that scene? Right. Yeah, I mean, that's what, what makes the, what it. What the hell were you thinking? Yeah, it makes it a real movie instead of just, you know, a throwaway like. Makes him yeah. a legend. And just to think even that like, you know, we had you know, Japanese Americans fighting for America on the Western front while we were also fighting the country of Japan, you know, in the Pacific theater. And we're also imprisoning, you know, Japanese Americans like, man, World War Two, crazy. Yeah, time. Crazy time. But to have a character that represents that. And yeah, I mean, it's it elevates his character to one of, you know, mythic stature. And that is what that's why he's so venerated in the Cobra Kai show and onward. And that's why I kind of consider these the Miyagi movies, especially the next one goes more into his backstory. Right. We learn a lot more about him. Just so. to throw it to Macho real quick. Daniel is a good yes. student. The reason it persists, Mike, is exactly what you're saying. Miyagi is the ultimate mentor. Daniel is a very good student partner to him. He reflects his uh, teacher's learnings perfectly. Um, are you guys Ralph Macchio guys? You guys didn't mention him too much in the last one, but like the outsider, like what were you, yeah, were you catching like, a lot of? Um, I thought he was, the weird thing with Ralph Macchio is he seems like he was a better actor when he was a kid somehow. Right. Like he kind of got worse at acting as an adult. Cause like he's, <laughs> I don't think he's even the best actor in Cobra Kai. <laughs> oh like my I think God. even like William Zabka is more interesting in, <laughs> in Cobra Kai. But as a kid, as, yeah. like he's like a, you know, an eighties kid acting superstar being in the outsiders, uh, classic, uh, which is, I, I really like that movie and book. I read that book when I was in Do it for John. Stay golden, Jacob, boy. Yeah. And that movie mm-hmm. was just filled with, you know, eighties stars, you know, Rob Lowe and Tom Cruise and everyone, but, um, he really stood out as Johnny. And then that's what actually got him cast in this movie was his performance in that. And I think, yeah, he's, he's per- per- perfectly fits the role. I think, um, yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's a good underdog. And again, he's kind of, you know, you ever feel like you're a teenager, doesn't quite fit in, get bullied, you know, and he, he learns the lessons. And he does kind of have a couple of arcs uh, throughout these next couple of movies as well. You know, he has some struggles. He can get impatient. and um, But he, he does do his best to try to heed Miyagi's words. And I think it really does come further than just like a mentor student relationship it really is a father son kind of relationship by the end of of their journey together and and it's 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 beautiful totally and i think um the sequel show like here's the interesting about thing about the sequels is that they kind of throw everything about this movie away except for the relationship between miyagi and daniel like that's the one and they're wise to like focus on that because that is the strongest part of the whole series 
but it is kind of weird how they just throw away all the rest of the characters and they're like, we're going to do something totally different now for the sequel. There's a weird continuity issue for sure. So before we get to sequels, yeah, Colin, I just wanted to say, to say, Jacob, literally the line in the third one, when they pick up the phone and go, what's that, Ma? I'm not living with you anymore. I'm living with Mr. Miyaki. Okay, right, I love you. Right. Goodbye. Right. At least they <laughs> showed right. her in that one, like on the phone for one scene. Like even in the, you know, in the, in, uh, Two, when they're like, oh, yeah, Allie, like, dumped me or whatever. So she's not in the movie anymore. <laughs> but so which I wanted to bring you guys up. said yeah. Elizabeth Shue, uh, our favorite VOT employee from the boys, a woman I just truly mm-hmm. absolutely adore for all babysitters out there. Um, she comes back in Cobra Kai. For a brief yeah. cameo. And I think that- she's a little too expensive to get on like full time, but she comes back basically uh, briefly. <laughs> But it's yeah. is Daniel's no, for sure. like it's a perfect part for her. Is Daniel's wife the girl from the third one? No, it's just a totally different lady. It's so just he a, had so a, he a ton has of girlfriends when he was a four kid. Four of the most. I know you were joking about it, Jacob, but it just like smoke show oh, yeah, important insane. women of his life. Okay, cool, man. And keep in mind, but not oh sorry. Keep in mind that the first three Karate Kids happen in basically a year or like a year and a half because literally they they mm-hmm. like. The start of the third one is them leaving the airport from the second one, coming back from Okinawa. <laughs> and then they have time to make it to the tournament yes. in December. Yeah, and that's a year reveal, later it's just year. the anniversary of the All-Valley Karate Tournament and that he can defend his championship from the year prior. In my mind, I'm going, but I just watched the whole movie where he was in Japan <laughs> training for what I thought was months. Right. That was just yeah, he summer. was there in the, for three months, then he came back and uh, met three different they had three months to train the, for the All Valley. Um, well, but we can't remember, forget about Judy, you know, because Allie buries Judy from oh, back right, in Jersey, yeah. if you remember oh, the wow. diner scene. Daniel. She's prettier than Judy. Oh, <laughs> Daniel my. LaRusso, ladies' man. Um, I also wanted to mention one yeah. other thing about the first movie. Uh, John Kreese, I mm. thought he was really great, and he's like a really underrated character in the whole series, I think. Like, that actor does a great job. And especially in the first movie, he really reminded me actually of Harrison Ford in a weird way. Like he's like a bigger mm. Harrison Ford, but just in his mannerisms and sometimes like just the way he looks like he, he gave me a lot of Harrison Ford vibes. Yeah. And I think he's a character who really benefited from Cobra Kai because he's such an interesting character, even though you do get more in the third film, you want more and, and you definitely get it uh, with especially the third season of Cobra Kai and the character deserves yeah. it. What opinion. is the quality of those Vietnam flashbacks you guys were talking about? This is the Netflix season. Uh, uh, it just, yeah, as this you is were the third season, season, I was like, how could they possibly pull that off? <laughs> when they first started, I was like, oh, like I really don't need like a John Kreese sympathetic backstory. But by the end of the season, it like all ties together in a way that's really interesting and kind of shows why his philosophy for karate is the way that it is in like a really interesting way. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be real that what makes it the most interesting is when he says Terry silver <laughs> is one of his buddies in the army. That's yeah. why we really right. care. And then about we actually see flashbacks. him like save his life. And then at the end of the third season, we get a little, anything you need. He calls him I up. Got you. Can't um, even so imagine I'm hoping that. he yes. comes back and uh, you got to bring back but Mike we- Barnes, the bad boy of karate too. Oh right? my God. <laughs> got to bring back Mike Barnes, but let's get to it. Let's go then because yeah, crease, obviously Daniel wins the tournament and the ending of the script for karate kid, because I read the script in film school, the ending of the script is actually the opening yeah. of karate kid two. So let's go ahead and jump over to karate kid two. Normies like us. 
We're back. It's summer vacation, and one of our dads is sick. We better head home. We're talking Karate Kid Part 2, one of those rare films where you just have a part in the title. Always uh, good to see, a Godfather-esque. But, uh, mm-hmm. Mike, what do you think of this sequel to one of your favorite films? So, this is really uh, the Miyagi movie, um, uh, for sure. And I, I like it. I think, in hindsight, it's probably my least favorite of the core trilogy hillary swinks is kind of outside of it it's just a little slower and like we talked about in the beginning there's not a lot of karate in these movies anyway um and this one is really really kind of low on the karate but i like the okinawa aspects but it's weird because like i said the opening scene of this was in the script of the first karate kid and i think they may have shot it at the same time and then just cut it out so when you see john crease and it's an important scene where he's choking out Johnny and his students are like, come on, leave him alone. It's like, that's a really important moment for Johnny and where he starts in the Cobra Kai series. And it's not even in the original film. Once again, just because this was the big Colin movie and the one I watched over and over, you guys have to understand, I thought that was the last we would ever see of John Kreese. So when you get that scene of him and Billy Zabka and he's choking him out and Miyagi puts the bag in the car, Miyagi has to go, you know. When Miyagi gets down, it's fucking for real. And he fucking makes Kreese punch through that window. It is so goddamn badass. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting, though, because literally I feel like this should have been the end of the first movie. Because the first movie ends kind of suddenly where it's like he wins the tournament and then it just shows Mr. Miyagi and just freeze frames his face. <laughs> real quick, a note on that. They went back and reshot it. Uh, they realized they didn't have the coverage. The director wanted to put in an insert of Pat Morita because they want a reaction shot to sort of make everything pay off, just sort of a slight nod, everything settled and good. They went back and literally reshot just that shot of Pat Morita and a couple extras walking by. So, Jacob, I 100% agree with you. If you're doing that, that just seems like a capper. Let it all build out. Right. Well, that, I mean, it's it's odd because that happens directly after the first movie and then it cuts six months later and then the whole rest of the movie has nothing to do with the first movie so it's a weird that i mean it's kind of fits thematically because he does the nose honking which is what you know daniel does to chosen, chosen at the end um and it's, it's a like great Back scene for sure yeah it really is and it's like oh we don't need your girlfriend for this one she's gonna be written out you know it's it's a lot like that yeah, yeah, it's it's very weird way to start it out because, like you said, it's six months later. Thematically, it ties in, but yeah, this these movies have a real bad like they need an epilogue, all of them, and none of them have them really. Right, and then the other thing is that two and three both start with like a montage of important scenes from the from mainly from they the first movie to the catch same you up. Scene again, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I so appreciate. Because, like, back, you know, back in the day, like, you couldn't just, like, binge watch these all on Amazon Prime like I did. You had to, like, you know, see them in theaters or get them on VHS or whatever. So, um, I like that there's, like, a little catch-up in case you didn't see the first movie. You said it before, happened. every movie in a series should start with that. There's absolutely no excuse for it. Show the highlights. Show the chopstick. Talk about how man who catches <laughs> flies with chopstick can do anything. I will nod along and accept that that's important to this movie for some reason. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, but it, another thing that I was wondering about the second movie, and maybe I missed some exposition, but so in the first movie, right, Miyagi has this whole tragic backstory with his his wife and his 
his unborn child and everything. But then yeah. in this one, it really kind of expands on his history being in Okinawa. And there's this whole other woman that he was in love with and he had to leave over a matter of honor and stuff. But what happened to his, like, did he not meet his wife until he came to America? Cause I don't remember that being explained. Yeah. So it's explained briefly in the scene with, when he's drinking that um, when he came to America, he met his current wife in Hawaii in the sugarcane fields. And she was oh. a hell of a good cane cutter too. And damn beautiful. That's, right. that's what he says. That's so right. he meets her in Hawaii. Yeah, that's after he leaves. Yeah. After he leaves Okinawa to not be with Yukie because of the dishonor of breaking up the arranged marriage with Sato, he declares his love and is forced to leave. And then he goes to Hawaii and is working as a laborer. And that's okay, where he okay. meets his and wife. Then he goes who, to California. And they get detained in Manzanar. And then unfortunately, okay. they, they die because there's no yeah. doctor available. So he does get doctor a second wife. Come. But it fills Captain out. Captain um, Miyagi. <laughs> yeah. They say it, wife, it no feels, make it. Yeah, he, he killed many Jerry German sir, right? It's like, Jesus. But he does say Miyagi hates fighting in yeah. the first movie. And this is right. showing like so much so that he ran away from his hometown and left this kind of pit of dishonor. And he has it's, to go and face that. Yeah, it's a really interesting um, part of his character because, um, you know, honor is big in, in Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. And so him running away you know, Mr. Sato, you know, calls him a coward for that. And then that's like what hurts Miyagi more than anything is being called a coward when he's really, you know, he's, he's not a coward. He's just trying to preserve, you know, everyone's honor. So it's a very interesting. Dynamic. He doesn't want to fight his best friend. Exactly. You guys death, are dead on. you. First one's balance. Second one, the huge theme is honor. Uh, they talk about the entire time. Third one, just to set it up, is what trees have stronger roots, but we will get to that. <laughs> The roots are very important, and this is where we're learning more about Miyagi's roots, right? That's you right. That's right. How his father trained him. He's and not a Sato. fighter. He's a farmer. Yes, that's right. Yeah, He's a and uh, chosen hopes you have a very pleasant stay <laughs> with a firm handshake. Right. Um, but yeah, this is really the Miyagi movie. You have some good scenes with Yukie, and there's a lot of fun stuff in season three of Cobra Kai. All of these characters, barring Sato, come back. Which is Bar- literally you're taking the question right out of my mouth. Okay, so you guys said the girlfriend comes back a little bit, and that she looked like a completely different actress to you guys, right? It just yeah, yeah like the way she, she aged, like her face looks totally different. Huh. So I was very, I thought it was maybe recasting, but then I um, mean it's the same actress. Like she doesn't look bad or anything. I think she aged pretty well. It's just she doesn't look like her younger self. Strangely. I saw an intermediate interview between like present day and the movie, like somewhere in between. And like, I see the link now. <laughs> She's <laughs> halfway there. Just <laughs> looking at one or two. Yeah, you need the halfway point. But yeah, same, same actress again. She was on Star Trek Picard as Commodore O. Wow. Um, right. I was looking even, into her filmography too. And she was in the Joy Luck Club, which I've never seen. But um, mm-hmm. she plays. So it's about like four uh, mm-hmm. older uh, Chinese American women and, and their daughters and everything. And two of the other daughters are Ming-Na Wen and Rosalind Chow, who is also wow. on Star Trek in, in uh, TNG and Deep Space Nine. And Mandalorian. As Keiko O'Brien. So, yeah. Yeah. So pretty cool connections there, I guess. And this is, yeah, it's, that's a good point to bring up because I was thinking about this when watching it. This is, I think, 1989 or something. Correct me if I'm wrong. This was but 86, I think. I think the third one was 86 89. is the original i believe anyway 84 is the original oh you're right 84 86 and 89 that's right that's right so thank you for that but we're talking then 86 this movie granted it does have some issues i wish there was more japanese language in it and more subtitles i think there's an issue with some of the accents being over the top but that's me i can't really speak to that but 
we have a movie, a major Hollywood movie, a major sequel that has its cast, you know, 90% Asian or Asian American actors. And it did really well in the box office, actually. Like, this is kind of a historic movie just based on its setting and, and the core cast. Totally. And it's 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 a bold move to kind of, you know, a lot of sequels, they kind of just are rehashes of the first movie, right? This one goes in a totally different direction. They could have just stayed in California and had him, you know, redo the tournament and everything and have a different nemesis or something, but they totally... That's for the next movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They went in a whole different totally direction true. with it. They look at their hero, they say, you know, what was Daniel's state? If he was the lowest, you know, status person in the last movie trying to rise himself up, in this film, what if he had an inflated ego? And let's go ahead and try to take that down. He's the kid who thinks he's unstoppable. Fucking, uh, you know, Mike, I guess we'll do our numbering at the end here. But again, since this was the one I watched the most, but having seen them all now, it's my least favorite, Daniel, because you want him to just like be cool and not a hothead again. And uh, he just kind of blows it in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And he's always had that, though. He's always had that hot-headed mentality. I'm glad that it maintains into the Cobra Kai series. But yeah, this is not my favorite Daniel, for sure. Right. Yeah, this is probably, of the three movies, this was probably my least favorite as well. Just because the the third one is so over-the-top at points that it's just fun to watch. And this one he is a little bit He has a fun arc in three, which we'll get into. This, he's just yeah, kind of room temperature the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, three the character of... Chosen, I feel, is a little over the top at points to the point yeah. of like where it's because the first one is so such a like a realistic movie, like there's nothing like that over the top about it. They get, I guess, progressively less realistic as they go on. But um, Mike said this you know, is a fight to the death. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, like, like Chosen, like, yeah, him is... coming in on the the hang glider at the end and like <laughs> you know holding her at at knife point. Knife and point? It's like. <laughs> Intense. I will kill your yeah, girlfriend. <laughs> it's like, yo, bro, I'm here for three months for summer vacation, dog. You you cut her head off. I'm still going home. That's right. And um, so that, well, this will bring us to Chosen 2. He's picking him up at the airport. He's already acting like an asshole to Daniel. You don't even know Daniel. You didn't even know he was coming. You're just like, right. oh, you train karate? Fuck you. <laughs> but he's got a sign in this one written in kanji to pick up Miyagi at the airport. It says, Nari Yoshi Miyagi. Which is the name used in Cobra Kai. So now we're on our second first name wow. for Miyagi, Hideo and Nariyoshi. We'll get so that's to the probably the later. canon one. That's the one that they chose its canon, but they're all right. canon because his dog tags say Hideo. But the first what one they just it? needed a first identities? name. Sounds like first. But Jacob, they, they didn't write in loud, his right? name in the script that Mike read was Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> you wouldn't have put the first name. Classic. And they changed it again one more time. So. Same writers. Anyway, uh, yeah, so Chosen's kind of over the top. Also, Sato, man, this guy, um, he's really, really over the top. His voice can be so like, (laughs) your coward makes air stink. You know, it's like, oh, my God. (laughs) But um, my favorite scene is when the tsunami happens and he's crushed under the board because he was trying to karate chop that big log just for training. He's trapped under it. And Miyagi and Daniel are going to save him while there's a tsunami happening. And he's basically like, Miyagi, you punk, you coming over here to fuck me up while I'm trapped. You you would, you rat. And they're like, right. no, dude. <laughs> you know what it is? It's not even the martial arts connection, but it's the ter- it's the TMNT to the secret of the ooze. Like the heightening that yes. they do, you almost expect him to turn into Super Shredder at the end of the movie with, with, the, with the storm. Where you're <laughs> right. like, this is insane. Right. Yeah. 
So yeah, basically, me coming into this after seeing Cobra Kai season three, which deals a lot with characters in this movie, Daniel goes back to Okinawa and sees uh, uh, wow, chosen again, and sees his girlfriend that I'm forgetting Kumiko her name. again. Kumiko. Yep, yep. Um, so that I understand the tie-ins a lot more. Like they show a couple scenes of like flashbacks in Cobra Kai too, but getting the whole picture, like it's it's very interesting. Or if she wanted to be a dance instructor and she's doing that now. And yeah, and yeah, huh. it, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and even chosen, like chosen gets an arc. And I think that's something that Cobra Kai does well is showing the redemption that like people can change and chosen never did. Like he got his ass kicked. Right. But like, you know, because he was being a coward by not helping people during the tsunami and Daniel was going out and he's saying, Hey, go help Daniel. And chosen says, no, I, I can't, you know, I hate yeah. that guy. And then so you see in Cobra Kai, face. Yeah, yeah, he like basically after the events of that movie, like kind of changed his whole life, and um, because he had to, he was like so shamed by that that he had to like reevaluate his whole life. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I do like getting a little bit of um. First of all, this is the first time that Daniel um, will throw his college fund away. He decides to <laughs> yeah. use his college. He really fund doesn't to want go to, go to Okinawa. <laughs> it won't no, be the last time either. No. Uh, but we do get sassy Miyagi betting uh, $600 on him. It's like, whoa, dude, calm down. Right. And then <laughs> yeah, you're broke, bro. The ice. Yeah. But again, the beginning of this movie, um, we don't even see his mom at all. At least in the third one, we get that one scene of her on the phone. This one, it's like, oh, she had to go to Fresno and Allie broke up with me. So I guess uh, it's just the two of us. Let's go to Okinawa. <laughs> what and she wrecked the car. Have. Right. Yeah. He pulls up with the car that Miyagi gave him. It's the bumpers wrecked. He just got dumped on prom day, apparently, mm-hmm. um, which also that does get like relitigated in, in Cobra Kai, too. So that's very interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 good. You know, again, we just got to write her out. And then it's just you wish he would have stuck with one of these girls and that would have made it through. Right. To the, the fact the show. that, yeah, Daniel has a different love interest in each movie is very strange. Guys, I grew um, up <laughs> with Indiana Jones movies where literally it oh, was yeah. like the hero kisses a woman in this movie. He kisses a woman, right. a different woman in the next one. James Bond. You don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't want to hear it. I'm totally fine with this. <laughs> Daniel is James Bond. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, the difference is, it's, yeah, he's Daniel's in the pantheon of Jones the great characters. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the right. great uh, lady killers. All right, Daniel, let's go. Um, but but yeah, should it, we it, get to? I'm sorry. Yeah, let's should do any last things here. The, the greatest um, movie of them we all. Do, we do need to get to the greatest movie of them all. Meanwhile, yeah, let's go ahead. We get Sassy Miyagi at the end. Pleasure doing business with you with the cash. Yeah, Daniel defeats Chosen with the drum technique. Not as good as the crane kick. It's filmed very weirdly, I think. Well, yeah, just the um, idea that. He just needed to do this spin. one move where he goes side to side to defeat <laughs> children. <laughs> okay. I mean, okay. Here is what we have learned from these movies so far. He's going to do slow motion uh, sort of, not even karate, like yoga tai chi moves. Yeah. yeah. In, in silhouette with mountains by him. Do we think that's going to carry over to the third one, guys? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Pan uh, flutes, please. <laughs> what he needs, and this is my question about Cobra Kai, for Daniel to get better at karate, he needs a sparring partner. Um, he needs somebody to actually train with. Miyagi does not do karate with him. Every time we see it, we just see he's applying technique, but he's never utilizing it to get better on Cobra Kai is Daniel teaching like several kids or is it still the father son mentor relationship? No, he's teaching. It's more, um, 
he kind of restarts Miyagi-Do in contrast to Cobra Kai. So there's like two competing groups of students that are learning different styles of karate. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. And his daughter kind of takes over the Daniel role for him. But really the real Daniel Miyagi of Cobra Kai is this new kid, Miguel, and um, Johnny Lawrence in Cobra is Kai. Is the proper yeah. Miyagi. Right. But wow. to the, speaking style-wise, you know, Okinawan tradition in Japanese martial arts they, it's generally easier to focus on like a one or two students because you can teach them more completely. And then American style karate is like, all right, how do I get a bunch of people in here paying dues right, every month? Right. So even the way it's presented in the movie is kind of accurate to the, the mindset of like, I'd rather teach one person very well because this is an important art form instead of this is a form of income. Totally. Uh, kind of model. So at the peak, most of Cobra Kai, he's teaching two students kind of max. I know you guys talked about it last time, uh, just to get my own history out. Did all three of us, was it Taekwondo specifically, the martial arts that you guys took as well? I don't know. I did American mine, karate. I did yeah. Shotokan karate. Yeah, Mine was just American karate style. as far as I knew. I only did it like in the 90s when I was like maybe 8 to 10 or 8 to 12, something like that. <laughs> sure. Those age ranges, but... Uh, it was very Americanized, whatever it was. And I just learned how totally. to punch and that kind of thing. Break boards that were already like partially Absolutely. weakened. Yeah. But uh, it was fun. I like, when do I break boards? What did boards do to you? <laughs> yeah. I was also um, really into Power Rangers at that same time. So I was kind of very into karate at that point. Well, there was many a PSA of don't do karate at school. Right. Um, <laughs> around that time. But yeah, I think now is the time. You know, we, we've... Um, Fought for the glory of love, you know, shall we say. Great song, by the way. Um, oh, let's, Yeah, we got to get back, though, because I think there's a new rule at the All-Valley under 18 that you only have to fight in the final fight if you're champion now. So right. you defend That's your time. Yagi to sign our We're back. Welcome back to Normies Like Us, where we're talking Karate Kid Part 3. We're jumping in. We're kicking in. We're talking about a film where, bam, you want to talk about a continuing franchise. We get off the plane from Japan. We wrap up the second film. Baby, we drive home to find out our home's gone. That's okay. Who cares? <laughs> Daniel's moving in with Miyagi, baby. Um, hey, hey, uh, what happened to your Japanese girlfriend? Isn't she coming with you? Oh, no, she got, you know, like some kind of dance offer that she couldn't say no to. So I'm single oh, okay. again. <laughs> Better go across the street to this pottery store and see what's going on you know over there. Goes. The old pottery barn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Karate Kid 3. Karate Kid 1 Redux. <laughs> do you like the Cobra Kai and over-the-top bad guys? I hope you do because that's what we're I here do. for. And, uh, well, first of all, I want to say a great scene at the airport where he's driving John Kreese to the airport to go to Tahiti or whatever. And then as he walks by, then we see Daniel and Miyagi come out. That's a great moment. Yes. Um, Which, by the way, yeah, we've been talking about Terry Silver. John Kreese is back. We get the same montage of him punching the windows and being made a fool. He has no students because he's disgraced. And uh, he goes to visit his old friend Terry Silver. 
billionaire playboy who lives in okay, a Okay, hold park. on. Five million questions to start there. But Jacob, you had said how Kreese was sort of a Han Solo-esque good-looking guy in that first one. This film, you see the years on him. I don't know if He's you guys a know. Rougher, yeah. Notorious um, substance abuser who's had a lot of issues. Supposedly he's back. You know, God bless him for being on Cobra Kai. I hope he is in good mental health mm-hmm. and standing. But to have that energy, first off, you're like, whoa, this guy does look like he's been through the ringer. This is interesting. And then, for sure. Mike, what the fuck did you just say? How I, I, this is the one thing I, do not understand about this movie that I watched that I loved every absolute second of. How is Terry Silver so rich? Do they ever say in this movie he has plutonium multiple... deals? He does a plutonium <laughs> okay, deal okay, on the phone. On the at, phone one at one point, Jacob, he says, Are we going to bribe the judges again? <laughs> of course. He like lifts up oh, his man. shoulders. Right. Like, he is like the yeah. perfect, he's like a wrestling bad guy. He's so comically How does he have evil. so much it's, stuff? It's great. Yeah. It, no, it's incredible. <laughs> he's done. He's doing. He does a plutonium toxic waste dump <laughs> over the phone in a bathtub, right. and then proceeds to tell his secretary to bribe the federal judges. Amazing! <laughs> it's so um, good. And John Kreese, yeah, he's looking a little rougher. But I should say, in Cobra Kai, when he comes back, he's perfect in the grizzled old man role now that he's in. Like he, he's aged into that role perfectly. So okay, he's great in that show. But, but here's how he is in this. And uh, Normies, I just cannot urge you enough. If you didn't watch the first one, if you're not going to watch any Karate Kid movie, watch Karate Kid Part 3. <laughs> just put it on at a party. Yeah. It's the – I just – I cannot get over it enough. But his role – you guys related it so much to Star Wars. You, you get introduced to these characters that are like – the Riddler and the Joker, like the level of like scheme and like plan right. that they pull off to trick well, a sixteen-year-old kid in the valley in a karate championship. Jacob, they yeah. fake mm-hmm. one of their deaths to get on his good side and mentor him like a shadowy Miyagi, and then right. teach him that evil could be the way for him to follow. Oh, You're it's like, just, what yeah, is happening? The Star Wars references. I mean, he's he's pulling Daniel to the dark side, but his he's dark plagiarism. Oh, in this movie his plan is so over the top i'm gonna get in on his good sign and then you know convince him to train with me where he's actually giving him like some good training but also like just torturing him at the same time but like he's a good he's a good karate guy obviously so he's teaching him some good lessons honestly like legitimately terry silver is the best villain regardless of over the top based on like his actions and tactics he's the best villain in karate kid mike outside of karate kid i i I said it before in our birds of prey episode i want black mask and other stuff i want terry silver put in other things i want him to show up and say things like oh you're gonna get me the bad boy of karate tell him i've got a job for him here in california (laughs) where you're like he's just recruiting an even eviler guy to be his henchman while he pulls off the most dastardly plan i've ever seen and and again the the, the fact that he's doing all this for his friend john crease which you know they the way they write off characters in this movie in these movies are so funny but he just literally puts them on a plane he's like don't worry i'll be the villain for this movie you can come back (laughs) for a little bit at the end but uh um, it's great, and then oh, when he scares the scene him. when Daniel comes, yeah, he jumps he out, jumps out, and uh, <laughs> Dan, Daniel immediately just starts doing karate at what he assumes is a ghost. Yeah. All right. So at the end of the movie, he does come back, and he jumps out of his own cardboard cutout it's, from the first uh, guys. movie. But what's great is you could see him in the wide shot just prior. 
He's just standing behind. <laughs> oh, it. I didn't even notice that. You can it's, see his shoulder. I, I might and the other hilarious thing. Off. The other yeah, hilarious thing yeah. about that scene is Mr. Miyagi Khan's kicks both their asses. And then they still laugh at them like they <laughs> won that encounter. <laughs> he is the Joker. The way he is acting throughout this movie when he says things like, you weren't supposed to know this yet, but guess what? Here it comes. And he like <laughs> drops their dastardly plan. Guys, the when, when they That's do insane. that, we'll get to the rest of the movie. But when he finally mm-hmm. does it and Kreese pops back up from the dead and Miyagi agrees to train Daniel-san again, I pause the movie. There was... <laughs> 15 minutes left and i i (laughs) said out loud to myself some of that has to be credits they just set up a training montage and i know that they're gonna have to have a final showdown in the the repeat of the uh, valley karate kid championship right well how is there gonna be enough time you know the movie's gonna end like right after he wins the final fight. Of course, it's like the first of course. epilogue, remember? Of yeah. But Jacob, how could I possibly think that not only are we gonna get a karate uh, a montage, we're gonna get a montage of the two villains teaching the bad boy of karate even deadlier moves while we do it? We get we right. get a bad guy training montage too, where I'm like, this is delicious. John G. Avildsen is the king of the training montage. It's so. Good. I don't know how this. Got nominated for a Razzie, man. <laughs> I, it is no, so it's great. To fun. learn, it's not a terrible Mike, movie. that this one like bankrupt the series, that they basically could not do another one, that it, it such small returns, nominated for a Razzie, like everybody you said. left. Everybody John G. left. left. Mark, Robert Mark house. came and left. Everybody left after this. Very recently, I watched the Crocodile Dundee trilogy. Like oh, you want to yeah. talk about films that just run away from what they are, what their concept is. Karate Kid. This is like, this is the Rocky f- four or five, you know, like the good ones, mm-hmm. not five, three and four of this yeah, universe yeah, yeah. where it's like, let's just turn that dial past 11. Let's snap the knob off. Who cares? This is Clubber Lang. This is Clubber Lang. Yes, like right. you, you killed, um, what's the trainer's name? Anyway, but it's like, I don't know if I can beat this guy. Yeah. You killed Mick. I don't know if I can beat him. You know, you almost the whole out. time That's because of that is. association in my mind, Mike, I almost thought Miyagi might die in this one, even though I knew he was in the next Karate Kid. <laughs> right. In my mind, I was like, what if he yeah. does? Well, again, I guess it's the haircut too. Yeah, it's like an Ivan Drago. I'll break you, Mike Barnes. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, totally. And again, like imagine young Jacob turning on the TV from the scene <laughs> where they're rock climbing to save a bonsai tree, okay. and then the bad boy of karate shows up, pulls up their ropes, and is like <laughs> going to kill them over this karate Sign the permission slip. <laughs> and even after he signs it, they still don't let him up. He gives him the tree. He snaps it. He doesn't know that that tree's worth thousands of dollars. Apparently, he could have just stole it and like sold it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, insane. It has insane. Good so roots. I was watching that scene. Roots, I'm like, Jacob. this movie is about karate. This, this this movie spends more on bonsai trees than it does on karate. I think. <laughs> well, here's what I'd like: the tree metaphor. Yeah, is it on the head for sure? But does it work? hundred percent. Oh, it's great. The tree gets uh, split in half as Daniel gets split between his two masters. Uh, it gets salt in its roots, compromising the very stability of it. Uh, he gets salt in his roots. Miyagi is the one to wash out the roots and repair the tree. Oh, And my. I got to say, the, the Miyagi-Daniel <laughs> relationship in this is still so good. And the scene where um Miyagi is like praying and he's like, I hope Daniel-san can find like his balance again. Because like my heart is empty without him, I was like, "Damn, wow, yeah. that's emotional." Like, 
for the third movie in a series to still be like so good with that relationship. And the cheesiest movie in, in the yeah, series. Yeah, totally. We skipped over, so there's been three good cry moments, right? We've got Miyagi Banzai drunk scene, the anniversary. And the second one, it's his father passes away. We didn't say it. You know, he's holding his son's mm-hmm. hand. Daniel gives him the moment of reprieve by saying, I was there when my father passed too. All you can do is be there for somebody. Daniel's the master now, sort of by the end of that. It's the balance thing we're talking about. This yep, scene, yep. Jacob, in like you guys said, the cheesiest one where I'm watching right. it and I'm just thinking again about their relationship, their friendship, how a kid in this one is fighting to not go to college because he wants to start a business with his best friend who he believes in more than anything else. I'm just like, this is the greatest relationship that has ever been put to screen. It's an old man and a young boy. <laughs> for sure. Mr. Miyagi's sure. Little Trees. It's catchy. <laughs> Mr. No, it's I not thought of the name. name it's okay. perfect. <laughs> He, and this is the second time he's gotten rid of his college fund in six he's months. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he knows himself. He, if he just sat in classes that he wasn't interested in... You know, I wouldn't go. Like, I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you forget in the first one, he like skips high school a bunch because he yeah. you know, doesn't want to get bullied or whatever. Um, yeah, and he could only stick with karate at the Y for like a couple of weeks before he got right. bored of that. So right. Back in Joycey. But another thing I think is funny is like, so the original movie came out in 1984. This one... 1989. So five years have passed, yet this is set a year later, basically. He's still in the all, you know, the under 18 All Valley tournament. So he's still 17, apparently. Yes. But he definitely looks like he aged at least a couple well. years from the first one, right? <laughs> and we should say Ralph Macho well, was the oldest cast member in the first film playing a young person. So by this point, you're right. He's, it's kind of showing a little. Right. Well, you just ate a lot of tempura on the flight back from Japan. Um, but th- that's also the reason why there's no real romantic interest. He kind of you know, flirts with the girl and she's like, oh, I have a boyfriend because she right. was like 16 at the time and he was like 25 or something. Oh. So they were like, we don't want to do another relationship because it's kind of weird. I thought that was um, so based weird. Based on the age, age gap. Yeah, the, the way she's like, oh, I have a boyfriend in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm actually like going back there in a couple of days. I'm like, why are you in this movie? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I guess we needed yeah. this. Yeah. They just decided like have like in, into it like yeah we should just change this plan and not do the romance. Why not bring uh, Allie back and have them like reunite for the third one? Like yeah, back to the future, get baby. Back, I guess, but yeah, yeah, and back to the she was stealing somebody else's. Right, job. right. Um, <laughs> um, can I go through my my admiration of Silver's plan I here? Because it <laughs> my, it's I would so over the would top. Want nothing else. As long as you get to the scene where he comes and apologizes apologizes to Miyagi, but please go right ahead. Oh, 100%. So first of all, he says, put everything on hold. For now, my full-time job is revenge. And <laughs> Against a 17-year-old kid that he's <laughs> never Against met. 17 year old, right? Pause right here. Pause. Yeah. So Colin is watching this 40 minutes ago at this point and says to himself, I think this guy's like some kind of assassin or like murderer. <laughs> he's a psychopath. Right. All right, so then... He's going to do revenge on a kid. All right. So what does he do? He gets all of his servants to bring him various outfits and vehicles right. for which to begin his ruse. He's like, no, I got to look poor. Get me a more <laughs> does poor Does this car jacket. work? Does it run? Ha ha ha. Right. <laughs> yeah. He gets like a beater, like junker car. So he's going to go like in- incognito. Pretend to be a good and, um, guy. And like get, yeah, on, get nice on their guy. good side. Like insane. So, shows up to Mr. Miyagi and Daniel and does an well, apology. Wait, before this. That, oh, sorry. Go right ahead. 
What's important here is in Cobra Kai, we learn about their Vietnam exploits and going behind enemy lines. They were infiltrators. So he infiltrates the bonsai shop to get information, oh and God. he learns that Miyagi was in the 442nd by investigating and getting out of there, and then uses that information in I this scene. I didn't even Colin, pick up that that's why he calls it out so quickly, Mike. You're so I totally right. I do wow, remember when wow. he hit he in the used chimney. His infiltrator skills. <laughs> Terry, Terry yeah. Silver is so complex. <laughs> but so okay, it's, it's amazing. He comes in and gives the most honorable apology anyone has ever given in the history of the world. He does the bows. Everything. Every line Terry Silver says in that moment is so perfect and so deliberate and so amazing. You see it in Miyagi that he like my master. You know, we just heard word. My master apologizes for, you know, uh, one disciple to another, to your master, blah, blah, blah. And it's right. this says, complex, like, it's just setting up, like, that there's just something so much bigger in this world of karate bad guys. Yeah, he literally says, you know, he's like, you know, John was not that man that you knew. You know, war changes a man. I guess you'd have to be there to understand. And Miyagi says... Have been. Been there. Dude, do the understand. best line of all time, like, Mike. In the first one, twist it. We we get the pan where it goes past the picture of Crease. It says, you know, Karate Champion Vietnam, whatever. But the mm-hmm. literal injection, and to to have to just again, when I say that these movies should be shown in history class, like when you see like <laughs> the way the world has spit out Miyagi and how he has reacted to it with World War Two is so different than how we treated Vietnam people like Kreese, uh, you know, veterans who came back from mm-hmm. that. And it makes sense that he would be this darker, extreme karate maniac. Totally. Yeah, and yeah. the the flashbacks in Cobra Kai season three actually really fill in a lot of that detail. And he oh mentions like his, his sensei was like from South Korea and like a specific South Korean form of karate. But the Tang Soo Do. Yeah. yeah. In, wow. So in when they were in the Vietnam War, they were taught by like their covert ops captain who learned in the Korean war, how to do certain like techniques. It was, I was like, it's insane how they yeah. make the continuity work like that. But I will say the guy I, I, you know, we joked, I'm, we're from, I'm from Ohio anyways. Yeah. Taking Taekwondo classes. It was a very white thing. I had a very white teacher, <laughs> but his father mm-hmm. learned it in the Korean war where he was a veteran of and brought back Taekwondo and started his dojo with his son, sensei, David, <laughs> you know, which isn't a great yep, thing to yep. say to Biagi, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that that's how a lot of people did it. That absolutely makes sense. Right. Yeah. You pick it up overseas, military, come back. And, and again, um, Vietnam war veterans weren't treated great when they came back and employable skills. I, I know martial arts. I'll start a school and at least I can pay the bills, you know, totally. Whether or not your philosophy behind those martial yeah. arts is damaging to your high schoolers and you choke them out. That's yeah. entirely. And up I to probably you. saw crazy um, stuff. I'm probably crazy and I cannot face that. Colin, when you, yeah, without, when you get to yeah. season three of Cobra Kai and you see these Vietnam War flashbacks, your mind is going to be blown. <laughs> I just, I can't. I don't want to spoil it for you. But, the idea um, that there yeah, is Terry Silver side, stuff yeah. out there that I haven't seen, <laughs> I'm, I might start with season three. <laughs> well, yeah, just yeah seeing him now in, in this movie makes me just so excited to see that character come back. And he, I'm hoping that he's as over in the top insane as he is in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, so let's walk through the plan again. So he he does a deep apology, like we just said. But what's the best is he's so sincere, yes. and he's like, you know, I 
And then it, as soon as he turns and his back is facing them, he gets this fucking shit eating <laughs> right. Like, God, like this guy is, first of all, <laughs> I love this. Clearly, guy. he's a sociopath because no oh, one could yeah. be that sincerely good and then turn around I and love be, it when he pounds him. <laughs> make yeah, his knuckles. With bleed. the knuckles? That's what I'll do. I'll smash his knuckles. <laughs> I like that, Johnny Boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Insane. Oh, man. Insane. Yeah. But he uses yeah, espionage, he he lies, and then he, he gets Daniel to trust him, but he's slowly turning him to the dark it's, side. It's very palpatine, yes. you know? It really is like, because oh, you know you know, there's there's a, I think there's a chance where Daniel, if he just went full dark side, like Terry Silver would just made him his student and he would just turn to the dark side like Kylo Ren or something. And it's little it's little stuff where he's like driving in his shitty car, he sees Daniel walk, he's like, Hey man, you know, you got to learn a front sweep. These tournament guys are suckers, but I'm sure your Miyagi teaches you that stuff. And then Daniel's thinking like, oh, uh, he yeah, doesn't no, really teach me anymore. <laughs> Just a dumb Jersey Oh, idiot. come on by. No, I'll, uh, I'll bring you a book. And then he sends Mike Barnes to beat the shit out of Daniel and then saves him. Right. Because he's bringing over the book. And it's like, right. this is so complex. Ugh. It's so oh, convoluted. But um, it's so good. I also want to say like, the weird thing about this For a movie 17 year old kid. that I still don't understand is Mr. Miyagi. Like I understand he's against fighting in general, but he's so against Daniel being in this tournament again. I don't understand like why, because a tournament is very different from just random fights. Like Daniel should want to be, you know, in competition and show off like what he's learned and stuff. I think that's, you know, a good way to do it. So I don't understand why Miyagi's so dead set against this tournament. It is that interesting energy that he carries over in that, um, you know, first scene and two that we were saying should have wrapped up the the first movie. When Daniel's in the shower and he says, you know, what's my tour going to be? What other tournaments am I going to win? You know, how how many other bouts are we going to do? I have a plan for us. What's the plan? Early retirement. He truly did kind of believe this promise that Daniel had of, I will teach you to defend yourself Chasing any of this is not defense. There is no reason for you to continue doing this. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Because even at the end of Karate Kid 1 script, the beginning of Karate Kid 2, the kids are like, oh, can I get an autograph? And Daniel's kind of loving it. Yeah. You know, he likes the spotlight. And Miyagi's always no, no, said, no. you know, karate is not for glory. <laughs> exactly. So he's, he's holding him to only. it. And you were just in a death feud. The death yeah. feud was okay, Daniel. A tournament <laughs> is not. Right. But Look at that maniac bashing in the car windows. You don't want to turn out like him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In a competitive tournament like that, I think that's the proper setting to do it. But, you know, I guess, you know, Miyagi thinks differently. Um, he's old school. You, you don't need to prove anything, right. you know. With, with Miyagi. Uh, but again, like you said before, Mike, um, the tournament making this new rule where the returning champ only has to do one <laughs> fight, um, that's not really how tournaments work. Like, the, the Kansas City Chiefs don't get to just go straight to the Super Bowl this year, you know? <laughs> they just camp out. The board, they shuffled around some members on the All-Valley board. The new guy has a different agenda. He's a real big uh, Miyagi-Do fan, and he just wanted to, you know, give Daniel right. a boost. I don't know, but... um. It, there are good Miyagiisms I want to bring up too, because while Daniel's going to the dark side, he puts on a Cobra Kai gi, like he puts on the enemy colors, like he joins Cobra Kai, and Miyagi won't train him for the tournament, but he does heal him. He gives him the the magic foot powder, right. and then Daniel ends up breaking in his room and stealing that <laughs> yeah. powder to heal his elbow and stuff, because Daniel's going so dark side, he's even stealing from Miyagi, who was helping him voluntarily. Amazing. In Cobra Kai, um, the, the geese that they have that for Danny's, for Miyagi's, does it have the bonsai tree on the back? 
think so. Uh, his does. I think they just use regular white uh, ones, okay. but that does need to be brought up because that was a patch that was made by Miyagi's wife who died it's so in childbirth. Embroidered. That was going to be for his they son. They do bring yeah, back and... the classic Miyagi house set, which is great ah, in Cobra Kai. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a dojo in the back that's the building that he's working on at the start of Karate Kid 2 when he learns to hammer the nail. So what he trains Samantha in, he literally helped Miyagi build that. Yeah. You know. Did they open the um, factory? I know you guys said he's a car dealer on like Van Nuys Avenue, which again, like totally makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. But did did they open the bonsai factory? Um, no, but he gives like free bonsais with the purchase of a car. Oh like, my he really God, leans into his karate amazing. thing for the advertising. Like, he's kicking the competition. Right, which makes he's sense because he kid. wanted to always defend his title. Yeah, he like he loves. He's kind of like you know? a local celebrity and, um, in the karate world. We see like it's great. Right, but even the bonsai chop in this one, we see his entrepreneurial spirit. Like he, he just wants to get into business, and he kind of totally. has this, this vibe, and he likes to be in the spotlight. He's buying commercials and billboards, you know, because he he likes it. He wants to defend his title, and that's ultimately what Silver exploits to get but to. But not him. even that it would be a Japanese import export business, Mike. That he literally thinks people forever will be like Miyagi's little trees. That's genius. <laughs> Everyone will come every day and buy trees from us. Yeah. I mean, how many bonsai I mean, I had one, but I can't imagine you're doing too much I volume sales bonsai of bonsai tree. trees. That's what I learned totally. from watching this. I would love a bonsai tree. They yeah. They're very, very chill. Nice. I would love to trim it. Well, the thing is they grow, and then you you wrap wire around the branches to shape them in the direction you want them to go. Wow. So very much the way a sensei can shape a student into a, a good or bad tree. Totally. Yeah. But cry. as long as the roots are strong, there's always a chance that it can fix itself. But again, just imagine... You know, Kid Jacob watching the scene where they climb down a mountain to get this tree. And yeah. I'm like, I have no context for what's going on. Um, it's great. Hey, yo, uh, yeah. Master so Miyagi, what's that? We got to put on a harness and go all the way down here and fucking plant this tree? Absolutely. I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> well, his girlfriend, quote girlfriend, she just happened to be a mountain climber, right, right. you know, <laughs> for plot convenience. Um but let's talk the tournament, maybe, because Terry Silver not only is the villain, but he's also, like, paying for the tournament or something. Because he's, like, MVP. Right, that speech at like, the end about how they're going to open hey, all the Cobra all Kai this. dojos, and he's going to finance them, and evil will triumph. I kind of wanted in that speech, Mike, yeah. because he, he does the wrong thing. Kreese, when he talks about the Cobra Kai dojo in the first one, is, like... It is about the power. It is about not stopping. It's about being ruthless. It, Terry Silver kind of does the the puffed up lie at the end where he's like, and you know, it's with patience and honor and good things. That's what we've learned at Cobra Kai. Where it's like, no, he should say that it's still the power, you know? Yeah, that's true. But he's it, like, it's all about f- fairness yeah, and, and uh, self-respect and confidence. Yeah, yeah. But I do like because he looks right at him like and. and you know, equal, you know, blah, blah, blah. I guess, yeah, maybe that's just more psychopathic tendencies that he was pulling out there. I think it is. He never stops playing the game. I mean, again, it's incredible. He's a great villain. He gets paint dumped on his head and he just laughs and says, I'm going to open 20 Cobra Kai's. He's a billionaire. He doesn't (laughs) care. He doesn't care. He could do this for years. He could just. He's uh, the Joker. Yeah, he'll just wait till Miyagi runs out of money. He's the Joker. And watching Pat Morita's stunt double do slow karate at him as he sort of twists and jumps away is truly riveting. 
Also, the actor oh, yeah, that yeah. plays Terry Silver was a, is an actual black belt at like Taekwondo and stuff. So he's wow, like he's clearly the best karate the best guy in the whole artist, series. Yeah. Like when he does moves, like he's like, oh, that guy actually knows how to do things. That's insane. Even when he's just warming up and me. he can do like that vertical split. Yeah. yeah, but that's like, I mean, at that point, just get Jean Claude Van Damme. Like that. That's um, you got a guy who's a ringer in karate, and he's also giving the best performance I've ever seen as a maniac. Right. Like that's and truly wonderful. Colin, that was his film debut as well. Oh my that was god! The first movie he was ever in. <laughs> he, he peaked. He peaked. He, yeah, he really how did you ever top that? <laughs> you, can't, you can't. You can't. I mean, even when Daniel's like, once Crease is revealed as not being dead, and they're bullying <laughs> Daniel so before Maggie shows it's, up. And Daniel's like, I'm not going to fight him. He's like, you don't have to. You can just stand there and let him kick your yeah, ass. You, it's either one fight today or a fight for the rest of your life. And he says it as he's Every laughing day. like the Joker, just throwing karate chops at Daniel, who's just backing away. Oh, man. It's Amazing. so good. It's so good. I, I love Karate Kid 3. I I, I, I say it's, thank it's you, Mike, animal. for bringing it into my life. It is like <laughs> if someone just found an Arnold movie for me right now and was like, oh, have you seen Commando 2? And I'm like, well, the what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, every time I go back, because I watch these a lot, the first two have kind of this tonal resonance. You get the Daniel movie and you get the Miyagi movie. They're both kind of slower paced. They're 80s, you know. But then you get to three and it's just like, what if Karate Kid won, but stupid? <laughs> and it's like, hell yeah. yeah. To keep going on, Mike, was it just, was it pay? Ralph Macchio just didn't want to come back or just, you know, thought it was dumb to be Karate Kid again? Yeah, so I think, first of all, everyone's kind of getting burned out. I think Ralph Macchio didn't want to do it anymore. John G had done three. Robert Mark Kamen had written three. But... um Robert Mark Kamen did have an idea for a fourth film that would still have Pat Morita and it would take him back in time to the 1600s okay. where the Miyagi ancestor <laughs> who first learned karate in China okay. would be oh and he would have he a would girl. Play that the Ninja Turtles show up. <laughs> right. But based on what they actually did with Hillary Swank, I would have preferred the time travel <laughs> sequel. Right. Um, so I think they just got kind of burnt out. But uh, these three are great to watch together. If you only got time to watch one, if you're feeling goofy, you watch three. If you're feeling sentimental, watch one. And that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, totally. how do you guys feel about and I wanna three before we get the last Just briefly thought. mention the Jaden Smith, Jackie Chan movie. Um, I- <laughs> Let's bump that. Can I hold, can I block, yeah, can, yeah. I, can I sand the blah, floor blah. really quick? Let's put that on the final oh, thoughts because I'll final save thoughts. my Hillary Swank yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just yeah, say, yeah. Uh, but anything for three. Oh, I was going to say just other side stuff like the comic book. There isn't one. There's kind of seems mm-hmm. to be one that was simultaneous with Cobra Kai, but isn't about the show. But it is about um, uh, William Zabka's character, you know, post the big fight. And then video game wise, there were a ton of Karate Kid video games, like truly mm-hmm. side scroller, dumb fighty ones. First like you one would came imagine. out for number two. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, there's yeah. like a Cobra Kai, like a new one that came out, like a mobile game. So I guess check that out. I, I don't know if you guys will play it. It's like a side-scrolling yeah. beat-em-up. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, like you said, you asked me, why did everyone get burnout? Where could they have gone? They could have gone back in time. I would have preferred that. Seems interesting. Maybe with recasting, they could still do that. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk our final thoughts and talk where they did go with some of the lesser entries and even some of the, quote, non-canon entries as it stands now with the Miyagi-verse. Coming up next on Normies Like Us. 
We're back. We're wrapping it up here on Karate Kid. Oh, I'm sorry. Here on Normies Like Us. Chop, 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 chop. Talking Karate Kid. Um, we've done it all. We we won the contest. We did crane style. We waxed on. We waxed off. I not about you guys. Drum technique. Uh, we did the kata. Confused Ooh. Mike Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> you know, flipping our hands around. We did. We talked to Terry Silver, the greatest character of all time. I'm tired of trying to catch <laughs> flies with chopsticks. Let's wrap it up here. Final thoughts. We mentioned it a little bit, though. There is one more Karate Kid-esque thing. Jacob. That's right. So, obviously, after the next Karate Kid starring Hilary Swank, the franchise was uh, just put on ice for a long time until the year... <laughs> it was dead in the water. <laughs> That's right. Until the year 2010, uh, where you know producer Jerry Weintraub, who is the producer of all of these, including this new one uh, from 2010, brought it mm-hmm. back. Same name, the Karate Kid, but uh, it's about kung fu now instead of karate, oh. and it stars Jaden Smith, <laughs> Will Smith's son, and Jackie Chan, who we all love, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I have not seen this movie, but I read again the plot synopsis on Wikipedia and watched some scenes on YouTube. And the thing that just really struck me is that it's literally like a scene for scene, like a beat for beat remake of the Karate Kid, just with with Kung Fu instead of karate, even down to the point where like Jackie Chan has an emotional drunk scene where he, you know, gets emotional about his wife and child who died in a car accident in this one, but are still dead. It's just like, what, what, what is going on? Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, seeing some more serious acting from Jackie Chan is kind of cool. If any, if anything, there's one good thing about that, I think. But uh, otherwise, I probably would. Sk- I haven't seen it and I don't really think I'm going to. So, I mean, I refuse to see it on principle as, you know, self-noted Karate Kid fanatic. <laughs> right. I, I just can't stand by just something that's one so ignorant about the value that is placed upon martial arts in cultures in Asia. I mean, like Kung Fu is like a cultural identifier for, you know, the nation of China. The same way karate is a culturally identifiable art form, nationally recognized art form for Japan, Taekwondo for Korea. So to just make a movie about Kung Fu and call it Karate Kid is so blatantly disrespectful. Right. And they and did. And could have just called it Kung Fu Kid. <laughs> they could and have. And you could have made Muay Thai Kid with Tony Jaa. Who gives a shit? Right. But they had to do karate. And that ignorance is why I won't watch it or support it. Understandable. And they did talk about changing the title, you know, when they were making it. And again, producer Jerry Weintraub was like, no, I don't want to change the name. Like, this is what's recognizable. So this is what it's we're going to go with. So it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but... And that movie is about, so Jaden Smith, I think, is like a military kid. So he actually mm-hmm. goes to China. And so he's, it's again, he moves to a new place, just like Daniel Russo. He's he's bummed about it. He doesn't have a father. So Jackie Chan kind of becomes the, the father figure to him. I mean, it's literally the same um, plot. Mm-hmm. So even, even in the final tournament, like he gets his leg hurt and, you know, Jackie Chan fixes it with some special hand Aww, stuff. So really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's amazing. The one thing I've heard is they shifted it down to middle school where some of the like, I'm into girls now really maybe wouldn't be a thing yet, but we have to, yeah, we have it to is. get Jaden in it. So we're going to age everybody down. So uh, you have these like 12 year olds beating the shit out of Jaden Smith. <laughs> right. He's much younger than Daniel Russo. And it's weird to think about now. And Jaden Smith and everything I've seen him in before, like that movie After Earth, he was not good at all at acting. <laughs> oh, so. classic. <laughs> I have not caught it. Pursuit I would like happiness. to check it out, you know, just because we've been talking here. Dre mm. and Mr. Han, the character name, so not even a Daniel and Mr. Miyagi, 
There's no right. way that they could show up on Cobra Kai, you don't think? I think if you guys said Elizabeth Shue, I think for sure Hillary Swank, because let me tell you, she's not up to anything. Then, you know, right. why can't well, a grown-up Jaden now come in and say, oh, you were in a karate tournament? I was actually in a kung fu one. Here, let me correct the mistakes of the past. <laughs> well, Will Smith is a producer on Cobra Kai. Oh, is that right. true? Um, That's right. Credited, yeah. So you'll see his name on the opening credits, so potentially. But as Yo. far as I know, the creators of Cobra Kai say that only Karate Kids 1 through 4 are canon. Right. Huh. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't see but Jackie Chan. If Jaden shows up, that would change it. Yeah. But for now, it's just 1 through Hillary. Yeah, I mean, Jackie Chan is a huge star. Obviously, he's probably not going to show up on this show unless, like, I don't know, he probably... I mean, his, his contract would probably be a lot of money, right? Because... He's one of the most bankable stars we, we, of all we time. Don't, we, we don't need any of that. Yeah. We don't need any of that. No. We don't need Hillary Swank. All we need is Terry Silver and Mike Barnes God. to come back for season God. four. That's <laughs> oh. all we care it's about. So well, we know we're getting money. Terry Silver. I need Mike Barnes because we got, you know, we have a redemption arc for every villain. You know, we had Johnny Lawrence in the first one. We have Chosen in the second one. We need Mike Barnes, even though he's the most one-dimensional of them all. Um, bring him back. Why yeah. not? They should be teaching some MMA to the new villain kid, but um, yes. I do have my note for Miyagi's third name. Okay. And in uh, Karate Kid, the next Karate Kid, he's receiving a medal on behalf of the 442nd from the president at a ceremony in Boston, which is where the movie takes place. And the, he accepts the medal, and the name they call out for him is Keisuke Miyagi. So how, we have who three. Who is dropping these balls? <laughs> who, how, can, how are so you not getting that straight over the course of four movies? <laughs> That or it's just officially Hideo Nariyoshi Keisuke Miyagi. Yeah, there we go. Four of them. But who knows? According to Cobra Kai, Nariyoshi is the official canon one. But yeah, uh, that movie, like I said, it's literally just Miyagi goes to Boston for a couple months. And Hilary Swank fights a bunch of Nazis at her school, basically. (laughs) And the one scene that I did watch on YouTube from this movie was one where Miyagi almost walks in on her like changing and then he's oh. like, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then he's yep, like, Oh, yep. you know, my, my friend Daniel saw, and he, you know, he used to change. And I, <laughs> and <laughs> Daniel, he come into my room. Um, you know, he's like, so he was basically like, just boys are easier. And I was like, okay, well, wow. Oh, I hope he has he a does try to get her to like, All right, we're going to wax this car. And she's like, I'm not doing that. Fuck off out of here. Wow. <laughs> she's like, Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend it, but watch it if you're curious. But I really, I it is, it is rough. Uh, it is the only Karate Kid movie with a bowling scene where the <laughs> they meet these Buddhist monks who help train her, and they go to a bowling alley, right? And then they use their monk powers to jump the ball out of a gutter and get a strike. So wow. introducing magic as canon, apparently. <laughs> oh, great! Wow. Uh, well, every universe. movie has to have some. They use the force. Yeah, like every one of these movies had some other like sport. Like the first one has soccer. The second one, I guess, has like dancing. The third one, yes. rock mm-hmm. climbing. Yeah. So why not bowling? <laughs> bowling. Why not? Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm realizing like now? It. Was it? I guess for you it was, Mike. I'd be curious for you, Jacob. The one for me, karate movie-wise, that was like this big, it was Three Ninjas, which which did have mm, kind yeah. of a dumb magic element, or I guess Surf Ninjas too. That that really wasn't for me. But just the Brotherhood, I had a brother, so we would watch that one a ton. Three Ninjas Strike yeah, Back. Yeah, Three Ninjas. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> which follows the Let's Go to Japan for the sequel, 
you know, right. sort of yeah, thing. Absolutely. And then third one, let's lose our minds and introduce like a crazy bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. No, it, it follows the formula perfectly. Yeah, that is what if Ninja Turtles and Karate Kid had a yes, a baby. Right. They even have Uncle. It's like their weird Uncle yes. who's their yes. trainer. It's very much a Miyagi type. So and guy. again, the yeah. the Karate Kid series mirrors the Rocky series a lot too, where they start as a very serious movie and then just descend into like over the top crazy eightiesness. So. I'm going to need Johnny to have a, a, a robot in season <laughs> I, four of Cobra yeah. I'm not kidding. If I had a lamp, a genie's lamp right now, I would rub it and wish that there was a movie called Karate Kid Part 4 that just emerged. <laughs> it came out a year after Part 3. Terry Silver has a son named like like Terry Copper, who's like even crazier. Oh, yeah. Yes. And how great is the quicksilver method? A yes. man can't stand, he can't fight, a man can't Well, that's breathe, what's amazing is that his whole plan was to like actually train Daniel but just do it in a way yes. that like injures Get him stronger. <laughs> yeah, I love it cuz they're like here's the punching bag and he shows him the techniques like no, let's do it over here. And like Daniel's always like but come on, man. It's so bag. good. Yeah. I think what we've learned from this is Karate Kid 1 is a great film, but the best thing it ever did was introduce Terry Silver. I'm never going to get over it. I'm so excited that he's he's maybe the most important character in Normie history to be introduced, Normie. So we, we hope you loved him, too. He's a niche character who deserves to be more Normie, yes. far more Normie than he is. And that's so why I'm so more Kid excited Day. about yeah the new season, which they literally foreshadow. John Kreese calling up his old friend. So now that we've made Colin oh a convert, he's going to watch that whole show and lose I, his mind. It's like, I just <laughs> is there a timeline? Do we know when it's coming back? Has Netflix greenlit it? What, what's they the filming, future yeah, of Cobra Kai and stuff? Okay. It's greenlit. They were filming it, I believe, as the season three was airing, which j- it just aired in, in the beginning of January. And so you said they like love... To bring these actors back, the same actors, that's so cool. I, I love to see these people again. I'm excited to do that. Do we know? Is it going to be the real Terry Silver that the Harold oh, and I'm Kumar sh- creators, I believe you guys said, will be <laughs> yeah. bringing mm-hmm. into the fold? 100% it has to be because, I mean, they bring John Kreese back, same actor. Then in the third season now, they've brought back uh, Kumiko and Chosen and even the little girl. And the girl that who saved. rang the bell as she was credited. <laughs> wow. Little girl bell ringer. Yes. And it's all the same actors. They brought. They bring back Johnny Lawrence's friends. Um and there's some really interesting references All four references of the original there. Cobra Kai guys come Do they back? wear yeah. the skeletons? Uh, there's no, a twist Miguel on that. Wears yeah. the skeleton oh as my homage. god. <laughs> it's great because yeah. essentially Miguel is again the Daniel Reluso. Um, he just moves to the area and he, you know, he's getting bullied and Johnny Lawrence, adult Johnny Lawrence sees him getting bullied and, you know, defends him just like Mr. Miyagi did and then starts training him but does it in his own He's also Johnny a handyman. So yeah. There's a yeah. just a ton of parallels and it's like really cool how it like twists the, you know, twists everything. But to answer the Terry Silver thing and kind of get this out of the way, one, Johnny Lawrence has no idea who Terry Silver is because he wasn't around the Cobra Kai right. at that point. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how him and Daniel could tackle this thing that only Daniel would know about. Um, and the wife of the actor tweeted something like, excited for Cobra Kai season uh, four. So a yeah. lot of people are like, yeah. It's got to be the and same. And even actor. Mike Barnes, like he's been on panels. He's in shape. He still looks really good. Um, so I think it's very yeah. likely. Because why would they foreshadow the, the show? Why wouldn't yeah. you? It broke my heart that Zabka wasn't in three. You know, there wasn't really oh, it's, anything it's, for him. So it makes no sense. Got a residual that they, for the flashback. Yeah, yeah. they never bring Johnny Lawrence back after the first movie and the first scene of the second movie. 
it was, it was kind of a waste of potential there. But yeah, um, yeah and maybe. Yeah, and maybe that's what's you know interesting about the Cobra Kai is like the the legend of it really starts with the whole first movie and uh, you know it was Daniel the good guy or the bad guy and it, you know is Johnny a victim and they're exploring that all but that all comes out of the first movie but now all the residual stuff is part of it too so you can't have just watched the first movie to fully appreciate Cobra watch Kai anymore. The whole no, 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 used Norman. to with season no, one. No, no, you gotta watch number all. three. <laughs> and Con, I just gotta say, like, <laughs> that's right. The point where these characters are now, they switch, everyone switch allegiances so much that now we're at the point where (laughs) John Kreese has taken over Cobra Kai for himself. And now Johnny Lawrence and Daniel Russo are teaming up as the good dojo to combat. Oh my God. That's exactly what I want. (laughs) The twists and turns are going to be worth it for the ride. Yeah. yeah, It's it's very excellent. And uh, yeah, it's built off the legacy that comes from Karate Kid started with Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, um, William Zabka and carried on by the Terry Silvers and Mike Barneses of the world, the Chosens and Satos. And it survived to become one of the biggest pieces of pop culture in 2020, 2021. Right. I think and the, the fact Kai that it's is huge now. Yeah, it's so it's one of the most watched shows on Netflix currently. And the fact that if you told someone in the mid 90s or the 2000s, hey, guess what? There's going to be a three now four season show all about yeah. the Karate Kid series. I mean, your mind would be blown. Well, it's a franchise. Yeah, you look yeah. at that and you think yeah. franchise. Oh, but uh, you think there'd be another Monster Squad? No, 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 no. More Karate Kids. <laughs> but again, so it works this. so much better like, than I, it. I saw the fourth one. Are you sure about that? They're bringing that <laughs> yeah. back? Normies, I would say Jacob and I, super normie on this episode, just goes to show you how excited and interesting you can get into something when it is brought and presented to you. Mike, thank you for opening my eyes to Karate Kid. I liked karate as a kid when I was a karate kid. I like it a lot more <laughs> now when I can watch it with the most fun nostalgia on the planet. <laughs> well, thank you guys for joining me on this karate journey. I think we've definitely got some new techniques that we picked up along the way. So I really appreciate it. Yeah, I have to agree with Colin. You know, I had a blast watching these movies and now I've seen everything in the Miyagi verse except the, wow. the next Karate Kid movie or uh, next Karate Kid which I will be watching very soon. And uh, it's just been a blast. So thank you for showing me these movies. And it's it's been great. Yeah, pour yourself a stiff drink before the next Karate Kid. Trust <laughs> <Definitely>. me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, thanks everyone for listening. And give, it, give them a try if you haven't. If you just watched Cobra Kai and you haven't checked these out. I mean, we talked about a lot of plot points. But man, just dive in there. They're great. And we'll be back next week with a mystery hosts subject that will be a surprise. Ooh. Tune in, Normies. Always check us out, of course, on our socials at Normies underscore like underscore us. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That helps us out always a little bit. And uh, as always, you can let us know what episodes you want to hear. Do you have a suggestion for something that's Normie? We'll break it down for you. Let us know. Otherwise, we've been your host. This is uh, Colin Miyagi. This is Mike Barnes, Karate's Bad Boy. This is the Mongoose, a.k.a. the Cobra Killer, a.k.a. Karate's Annoying Nerdy Kid. I've got multiple (laughs) nicknames. We love you, Mongoose. Very impressive. All right. Take care, everybody. Be safe out there. Uh, Strike hard, strike first. No mercy. (laughs) Cobra Kai? Do or do not. There is no try. Never die. Never (laughs) die. Ooh, Banzai. Banzai. Banzai.
Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my men if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. It's that bike. I hate this bike. I hate this freaking bike. This stupid bike. I hate it.